Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Don't we serve a great God? I love being able to come into the house of the Lord and being able to worship with everybody and come in and glorify his name. It's just such an amazing privilege to be able to worship him. And today we're going to start a brand new series on prayer. How many of you guys say, I could use some of this? Listen, prayer is one of the fundamental foundations of the lives of a believer. It's so important that it really is what hinges. It's our communication with God. We pray, we ask God, we talk to him every day, all day, right? We're supposed to pray always with all prayer and supplications, right? We're supposed to all pray all the time, right? Well, I started thinking about prayer, and I started thinking, how many of us in our Christian walk have ever prayed prayers and not gotten results? Me? I, I've prayed some prayers and not gotten results. I, there have been times in my life when I'm like, hmm, why isn't that working? Why am I not getting the results I need? See, the beauty is that today we're going to look at learning how to pray to get results. We're going to look today at learning how we can pray effectively according to biblical principles that God's outlined for us in his word so that we can pray to get results. We can pray. I cannot wait to show you what God has in store for you today. So my first point that I want to talk to you about, number one, Base your prayers on the word of God. Follow that scriptural path to get results. Guys, the word is the end all be all, right? Let's go to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. One of my favorite verses on uh, prayer. You're going to hear me say that a lot because I have a love and a passion for the word. And I love it so much. And um, I feel like every verse is my favorite. (laughs) So I feel like I can say that every time, okay? Because <laughs> it truly is. It's an amazing scripture. When I look at this scripture, I remember the first time I read this as a believer, and I just was blown away by God's goodness. It says, it says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, Since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before him. For if we will ask anything, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, underline that word, anything. Anything, if we ask anything agreeable to his will, he hears us. His will is his word. He hears us. Keep going. Was that 15? That's 15. Praise the Lord. So yes, he hears us. So today, we're going to learn how to do that. We're going to learn how to pray his will effectively because the great news is that God's word is always agreeable to his will. And when we pray according to God's word, he hears us. And when you talk about praying scripturally, what I'm talking about is the idea of praying scripture back to God. So in effect, by using God's word to pray for his will to be done in our lives, God basically is able to do what we need him to do. Because according, God's word is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, according to Hebrews 4 and 12. Guess what else? It's useful for teaching. It's useful for correction. It's useful for, for training and righteousness. All of these things, according to 1 Timothy 3.16, God's word is incredibly useful when we pray. So take a moment. What is it that you need from God today? What is it that you would ask of him? 
Do you need a miracle in your life? The first place you start is the word. You got to find that scripture. What is it that you need? Find the scripture. Look it up. Guys, we have amazing resources today. You guys have, how many of you guys have your Bible app on your phone? Who has a Bible app? You guys, feel free to talk with me this morning, okay? It's okay to talk this morning. Talk back. If you've got Bible app, you got it on your phone, right? Man, we got pocket Bibles. This is amazing, right? We also have something, and I hope it doesn't hear me like it did first service, but we can also use Siri. Okay. We can always say, hey, Siri, give me, uh, give me uh, scriptures on peace. Hey, Siri, give me scriptures on better sleep. Hey, Siri, give me scriptures on healing. Hey, Google, right? Man, and it brings you a whole list of scriptures. When you use those scriptures, you're backing your belief with the word of God, which is his will, which is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, just like I said a moment ago. But how many of you guys understand that when you bring the word to God, God hears us? It's like an echo He hears you loud and clear. And here's the thing, regardless of what you need from him, maybe it is a financial situation, okay? If you have financial troubles, guys, we all experience financial trouble. Guys, we're in a recession. But how many of you know, we don't have to live according to the kingdom of the world, but we can live according to God's kingdom, according to his kingdom. We can live and abide in that. And how do we do that? By using the word, right? My favorite scripture to use is Philippians 4.19. Thank you, God, that you supply all my need according to your riches and glory. Guys, God's a rich God. Did you know he's a rich God? He owns a cattle on a thousand hill and everything underneath it. He's got streets lined with gold. What is it that you need? Use the word and God will do it. When you work the word, God just, he's like, oh great, they're using the word. I can move quicker. I can make this happen. I can bring them the results they need because you're using scriptural proof. That is so amazing to me. Maybe it's not financial. Maybe you've been sick in your body. Whatever diagnosis God has given you. Not God, the devil. God's given you his word to overcome it. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes I am healed. That's the stripes that he bore on his back. The blood that he shed for you was for the healing in your body. He took sickness and disease in himself so that you could walk in divine health and healing and wholeness. You don't have to be sick another day in your life. You got a headache. You got bad allergies. I don't care what it is. Use the word. Man, these allergies have been fierce recently. And I have to go looking at the cars and all the pollen. Our lake is great green out by our house right I'm like where is all this coming from and I know because you know you have drainage and all this other stuff right and I'm like wait a minute I was like I'm waking up with a sore throat (coughs) right I did that for a couple days anybody know so I was like okay all right God I remember thinking all right I gotta start speaking the word I gotta start speaking the word thank you God by your stripes I'm healed Thank you, God, that you bore in your body for me that I don't have to have sickness. I don't have to have a headache. I don't have to have a runny nose. I don't have to have a sore throat. I can walk in divine health and healing because the greater one lives on the inside of me. So the enemy can't put anything on me outside of the word, what the word says. So I stand on his word. I stand on the truth. And that's what you have to do. You have to declare it. You have to speak it. You can't give in to it because very often it's easier to take a Tylenol rather than to speak God's word. Now listen, 
If you need to take a Tylenol, if you need to take an Advil, take an Advil, take a Tylenol while you're speaking the truth of God's word. Right? Speak it. I'm not here to tell you, take your medicine, but believe God. But speak the truth of God's word, okay? Because it's so powerful. It's so powerful when we put it to work. I started having my kids do it. They'll pray for me. Like, I'll never forget the other day, Everly fell, and Ethan came over. He's like, oh, let's pray for you. And he started praying for her. I was crying. I'm like, you know, thank you, God, for having him pray for her. It was the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. You know, bless my heart, you know, because I was just so thankful. Like, okay, maybe we are doing this okay, right? As parents, I think we all have moments where we're like, can I break them? Is everything okay? Like, you know, we're speaking the word, you know. Um, But just to see them rise up and even use the word. And he was so cute. He prayed for me this morning. I just have to tell on him. And he prayed for me this morning. And I was, uh, my makeup was all on. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to lose my makeup. But it was the sweetest thing. And I was like, you know what? Thank you, buddy, for praying for me this morning. Thank you, buddy. Because that's cultivating in him to use the word. Because he even said, God, I thank you that you bless my mom as she brings the word, that you help people to hear it. And I was like, all right, pray that scripture, baby. Thanks, Pastor Stacy, back there in our kids, you know, helping us to teach these kids the word of God and put it into practice. It's just so amazing. Even as a kid, man, I, I can't imagine having that as a kid. I didn't grow up in church, you guys. I didn't grow up knowing God. I grew up at Catholic. I mean, so you kind of know God, but it's not a personal God. You know what I'm saying? So don't come for me if you're Catholic. I'm not telling you you don't know God. <laughs> but I am telling you I didn't have anything, a real relationship, right? But how great is that, that these kids that are changing the next generation that are in that room are in there now learning the word of God, learning how to apply it to their lives. That's why I still am so passionate about, hey, if you're not involved and you want to get involved, go get involved in our kids, right? If you feel called to teach the word, if you feel, help them in youth, help them in the kids, because guys, that's the next generation. And the more kids that we can raise up with the truth of God's word, how much of a powerful impact can they have in the next generation? And how much more can we, when we apply the word to our situations and to what we need, can we change our world? I'm not talking about somebody far away. Guys, it's easy to pray prayers and to believe God for someone else. But I'm talking about believing God for results in your life that will work for you when you use the word. It is proven 100% of the time because our God is 100 all the time. He provides that for us every day. So don't dwell on those problems and circumstances of what's going on. Search the scripture for that solution that he's provided. Search that. And remember to always pray the word. That's the solution. Our solution handbook, right? Um, it's, you communicate to God what he's already communicated to you. And you can be fully assured that you're going to start to see those results in your life. So pray the word. Number one, everybody got that? Number two, all my Bible school students said amen, right? They're, they're getting some reminiscent of Bible college, right? Because uh, we're teaching today. I'm teaching you principles in the word. Man, if you don't know about our Bible college, you can talk to us about that later. Yes, I'm plugging it. Uh, but it, if God's got a call in your life, I got to just say it. I don't know. Maybe someone here is hearing this or needs to hear this or is watching online. If you have the call of God in your life and you want to train in ministry, our Bible college is phenomenal. We go all the way through the doctorate degree, guys. If you've had an associate's degree in in Christian training or biblical studies, 
come on, we need you. Let's get trained for what God has. And it goes all the way across the world. We've got schools globally. We're expanding and growing. And I'm so thankful for what God's doing to bring his word, not only here in Daytona Beach, but even outside of these walls, amen, through God's word, through the powerful teaching of the Bible. So if you're interested in Bible school, there's a little plug. Uh, we'll get you connected and, and set up. <laughs> Thanks for letting me do that. Anyway, number two, ask God for what you want. Be specific. That might sound basic, but how many of us know when you're specific and you stand on God's promises, you have great results in your prayer life. So many times we're indefinite in our prayers and they don't really have a mark, you know. Uh, sometimes you pray for two or three minutes and have more authority when you know what you're praying for that you can just go in and pray it. Like I prayed that prayer about finances, right? You pray what you need, pray according to God's word, you speak it, you claim it, you believe it, you walk in it, right? You do all these things, you're specific. Rather than if I prayed in tongues, which is great, pray in tongues for two or three hours, or just pray for two or three hours, you're going to change, it's going to change you. But when you're specific, it's like it has a target. It's like your prayers all of a sudden are like arrows that are piercing the target, and it's going exactly where you need it to go. And it's so, so good because when you're specific, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, Matthew 6.33 says your heavenly Father knows that you have need before you ask, right? He knows that you have need of these things. However, to just assume that God's going to do what's best and just assume that it's automatic. No, Jesus himself told us that we need to ask. That's what the scripture says. Ask for what you need. Ask for what God has, what you need from God. Can I tell you guys a quick story? So a while back, I'm going to say a while. Can I say a while? A while back when God had called me to go to Bible college at Ramah, I remember I had everything all set up, was ready to go. I had a college scholarship to Asbury University in Kentucky, which is where I'm from. And I said, oh, this is going to be great. I got a scholarship. We're going to go there. And I was on a missions trip that summer doing some missions work. And God spoke to my heart and told me to go to Rainbow Bible College. I was like, okay, all right, well, that's totally different from what I had planned. God, I need to be sure. Help me, you know, because when he told me this, I thought, wait a minute, did I hear that right? Did I really truly hear that, that I'm supposed to do that? And two or three people confirmed through just word of confirmations and just biblically, and I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this. I'm getting on a plane, and I'm going to Rama. Hopefully, I don't miss the deadline when I get back from my mission trip. I'm going to apply. I applied. I got in. They sent me my acceptance letter, and now I'm like, praise the Lord. God provided financially. Uh, me and my mom got on a plane, flew to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, I didn't have a job, didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a car, but I did have a promise. So I said, okay, God, you got this. Within two days, I had the place to live, and I had a job. Place to live was a mile from the school. My work was across the street from the school. So God, God's got this, right? I was like, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, right? My mom saw God work a miracle. It was a great testimony for her to see God move because, of course, she's like, oh, my gosh, she's joining a cult. What is happening? Why is she moving across the country to some place we've never even seen? Oklahoma, what? Couldn't she pick up? You know, she had, it was just 
you know, I was her baby girl. So I, I get it. I get it. But I had to be obedient. So God did this, right? So a couple terms in the school, I was like, I need a new car because I need a new job. And I just, I need to be able to go to, I want to go to ORU. I want to see my friends that are at school there. I'm homesick. It would be great to hang with them. So I started believing God for a car. And I started to get specific. Now, um, I really liked the Honda Civics in those days. That was a really popular car, late 90s, early 2000s, okay? We're going to date myself a little bit. Shh, don't tell anybody. So I believe in God, right? Honda Civic, thank you, God. I want a blue Honda Civic, and I put my faith on it. God's got this, right? So I was sitting in class next to an older gentleman, and He's like, oh, hey, where do you work? I was like, oh, across the street. Okay, I saw you walking. Oh, I saw you walking the other, other way the other day. I was like, oh, I was off work. I lived a mile away. Oh, you don't have a car? No, I don't have a car. And I just left it at that. Didn't say anything else. I said, I can walk everywhere I need to go is what I told the guy. So the next day he said, hey, why don't you come by my house? I think I have a car for you. Praise you, Jesus. I started praising God. Thank you. I'm so excited. Can't wait. I'm so excited. Yay, right? So I get in the car. My friend took me over. We pull in the driveway. Guess what kind of car it was? It was a blue Honda Civic. But wait a minute. It was a 1989 Honda Civic station wagon <laughs> with a stick shift. Now, I'm a Kentucky girl. I know how to drive a stick shift tractor. I don't know anything about this deal. Okay, so I'm literally thinking, well, I want the car because obviously God wanted me to have the car. So, yes, I will take your car. My friend works for a car dealership. I can bring you a bill of sale. How much are you selling it for? Free. So, so I started dancing in the driveway. I'm praising Jesus. He's praising Jesus. We're, I'm crying. My friend's crying. I'm so excited. I, but I can't drive this car. So we get like, you know, three levels deep. Who knows? Who in here knows how to drive a stick shift? Oh, my gosh. That's the same thing. A lot of people. That makes me excited. So I was like, okay, I can't drive the stick shift, right? So we go. We pick up the person who can drive the stick shift. Then he gets in the car. And then we go to a parking lot because I got to try to learn how to drive this car. And I'm laughing hysterically so hard because the car keeps shaking and stopping and I'm laughing like I'm like I can't drive I'm, I'm laughing too hard I mean literally tears crying laughing it took me a minute <laughs> you guys it took me a minute if you've ever been to Tulsa there's this one hill last story it's literally goes up like this okay so if you've ever driven a stick shift you know you're in first gear, right? And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to roll. Oh my God, it's going to hit the car. Oh God. And I'm like, everybody lean forward and pray, right? And so then I take off the, and you hit the gas and okay, we're okay. We made it through. Now, I tell you that story because God answered my prayer because I was specific. But how about God show me I need to be more specific? God said, be more specific, right? So I learned my new car is an automatic because I like to put my makeup on while I'm driving. I know it's bad. Only at red lights. Do you know how, how many times you, how much time you have at each red light? It's efficient. It's like up to three minutes. It's efficient. <laughs> 
and, and my husband's like, oh gosh. I try not to do it when the kids are in the car. How about that? I drop her off and then do it. <laughs> but my point is that God needs us to be specific. God needs us to, you know, be clear when we bring our petition and our request to him. And again, guys, we have so many powerful ways to get that those resources so we can speak the word, so we can do what God has for us. Because when you're specific in your prayers, then we know that, hey, God, God's going to move. Let's go to James 4, verses 2 through 3. And it says this. Uh, it says, uh, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. When you read that scripture, very often, that word amiss, I kind of would skip right over, right? Well, I would just skip right on through. Like, but then it jumped off the page at me. Because many of you know when you're reading your word and when you're reading your Bible, sometimes words will just like, I don't know, it sounds funny, but they get bigger. They come out. It's like they jump out of the screen. And I was like, okay. That's the only way I know how to explain it. Sorry if it's not. It's maybe not theologically correct, but it does. It's like a rhema word. It like jumps out at you and you're like, okay, what does that word mean? It's so important because it basically is talking about a person who is asking inappropriately or wrongly. So you could say this person wasn't hitting that target like I talked about a moment ago. Like they're missing their their request is missing the mark because they aren't praying according to God's word. They aren't praying according to how God laid it out for our order. Because see, here's the thing is it doesn't matter how passionately you pray. Who, who was raised in a church where the longer you sat at the altar and yelled and cried and interceded, the more holy your prayers were maybe going to be. Well, and that's not bad. That's going to change you, right? That's going to change you, right? Because you're sitting at the altar. You're praying. You're, you're getting in with God's presence. You're, you're getting on your face before the Lord, which is great. But how much better is it when we know exactly how to pray for and how to get results that we need for our life? So here's the thing. When you look at that, there's a positive thing because when you pray according to God's word, you're praying in the positive. You're going to get a positive answer because it's in agreement with his word. Just as we read in 1 John 5.15, I told you we were going to camp here a minute. 1 John 5.15, it uses that word petition. See, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Guys, this is another word. Petition jumped right on out for me. That word petition actually means be specific, be exact. Be detailed in your request. Isn't that amazing to know? That when you're specific, when you're explicit, when you're detailed, you can be encouraged today to open your Bible, to explore the pages until you find it, what it is you need for, from God for your situation. Once you know it, be assured, guys, that you have the right as his child, as his son, as his daughter to, with, to enter into his presence with honor, with respect. And guess what else? You can insist that his will be done in that matter because God wants you to come to him boldly like that. He wants you to. And when you come into the presence of God and ask for what it is that you need, you basically come in, you lay down the rules, 
and you say, God, this is the petition of my heart, and you can be sure that God hears you. You can be sure that your prayers are reaching the throne room of heaven because you are being obedient and specifically speaking that word. So when you make your request, get specific, get detailed. Don't end up with a stick shift, right? (laughs) Unless that's what you want, you know. Uh, But again, guys, write it down. Get specific. Petition, bring that specific petition to God. Because when you have that request, you need to just be bold about asking it. You know, you've got to make today the day that you decide that you're going to go up a little higher in your prayer life. Don't be condemned. Maybe you've been, maybe you, maybe you have been missing the mark. Well, you don't have to miss that mark anymore. That's why we're here today to learn how to receive results to our prayers and answers to our prayers. You know, so declare, decide that today you're doing that. Be specific when you come boldly into the throne to receive grace and mercy in your time of need. Because when you do that, you learn how to pray scripturally. Man, there's power in that. Then you learn how to pray specifically according to what his will is. Then thirdly, it's important that you believe you receive when you pray. This might seem fundamental, church, but it's so powerful because when you can believe that you receive when you pray, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for what God is about to do. Because in Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 24, we're going to read this morning a very well-known passage of Scripture. But here we go with the solution handbook that tells us exactly how to pray, what to do, and the steps to follow. I'm so grateful for God that he gave us a map on how to handle life, right? I'm just so thankful for him. It says this. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling, calling to the master, said, Behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, you're a whosoever, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, here we go, here's the next part. Therefore, that's a telling word. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Guys, when I first read the scripture, I remember just thinking, what did they just say? Wait a minute. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. See, here the word tells us we are not just to pray, but rather to pray believing. Because if we're told to believe when we pray, then it must be possible to pray and not believe, right? Not all praying gets results, which is why we're talking about that today. Only believing prayer moves God. And receives from him. Because if you think about it, there's so many religions 
that exhort people to pray, right? Outside of Christianity, I'm sure you can think of a few. People pray, right? Prayer is a fundamental part of most religions. But here's the thing. The radical concept that we have in the Bible is the requirement of actually trusting God, of actually believing him. And that, of course, was exhibited in the Old Testament and further developed in the New Testament. But it's an absolute necessity for one to believe when you pray because other, symptom, other religions are content with just going through the motions, right, of prayer. But see, the true living God, he requires that we maintain relationship with him. Guys, we have a relationship with the true and living God. And when we have relationship with him, we trust him. The people you have relationship with, you trust, right? Because you have relationship with them. And because we have relationship with the Almighty, we can trust him. Trust him what? Trust him to do what he says he's going to do, right? See, believing takes the emphasis off the prayer alone because it puts the emphasis back on God himself because it's about God. It's about his faithfulness because the Bible does not teach us to rely on prayer alone, but to rely on God the Father, the creator of heavens and the earth, the maker, our, our maker, our creator. He designed you. He formatted you. He took the time out to intricate every single detail of your life down to the very hairs on your head. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares about you. And that's how much he wants you to have relationship with him. Because when we pray, we can stand believing because we trust him, because we believe him first and then express that belief through our prayers. Faith must be in the heart before prayer comes out of the mouth. You know, Pastor Chris is always telling us we're supposed to believe, say, and do, just as that verse says. We believe, we say, and we do, because God's word is always true. And as you pray, you begin to move yourself now from believing that he can to knowing that he will. Because the more of that word that you have in your heart, the more you can trust and be assured that God will work on your behalf because you believe when you prayed that it was done. You went from believing he can to knowing that he will. And when you start that confession of your mouth, church, when you understand that the manifestation of your answers are already done and in place from the, from the moment you spoke them, guys, there's an action to trusting in him. For example, when the 10 lepers came to Jesus, right? And he prayed for them, right? And they wanted to be healed. Jesus gave them an action. He said, go, tell them that you were cleansed. Go, tell them. And when they went, it says in the word that they were cleansed because they acted on it. They didn't wait around. They didn't stand there. The moment that they acted, it worked. They acted on it. Think for a moment about the woman with the issue of blood. Mark chapter 5, right? She, she had sickness in her body. She said within herself, I've heard about Jesus. If I just touch but the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She said that, right? I'll be made whole. Guess what? She touched the hem of that garment. And guess what? She was made whole. Because she acted on it. She received the answer to her inward prayer because she acted on it. Because she believed that she would receive when she prayed. See, our part is to believe that we receive when we pray. God's part is to see that we have it. We don't want to mess with the have it part. 
right? God's got that taken care of. We just got to get our believing part right. Our part is to believe we receive. When? Pray. Yes, when we pray. So whatsoever we receive from God, we receive within our spirit, inside of us, in our inward man, even before it shows up on the outside, like the fig tree we read about, right? Jesus cursed it early on in that chapter, Mark chapter 4. But when they were coming back, it didn't wither right then. Nope, when they were walking back around, he said, wait a minute, Jesus, guess what? Guess what? It worked. You cursed that tree, now it's dead, right? It's that inward power. See, guys, God's power was already released in that tree the moment that Jesus spoke it. It was released into that tree, and it was working on the inside of them because Jesus knew that it was going to be cursed from that point. And then Peter and them just saw the results of it. But it was that act, it's that power that's on the inside of you that continually stays, it's cultivated on the inside of you. That's why we tell you, believe you receive when you pray. When you believe you receive, you pray, you stand on God's word and expect it to be true because you confess with your heart. You believe you receive when you pray. Believe you receive when you pray. And let me just tell you, when you believe that you receive that you pray, the enemy will come to try to take, change that image in your mind of what you see the end result to be. I said, we're going to start prayer boards here. No vision boards. What's your prayer board look like? What's the image of what you're praying for? Are you believing God for a new house? You better get a picture of that house you want up there. Are you believing God for a better job? You better get a picture of that better job. You're believing God for better health. What does a healthy you look like? You better put that out in front of you guys. Because when you believe you receive when you pray, you have to guard against the thoughts that come in your mind that will try to overtake you to steal that promise. Because that word that he's planted... On the inside of you, how many of you know the outside circumstances of your life will come to try to steal that promise? But the more that you trust in him and you don't allow an image of failure to enter into your mind, that you don't allow doubt to persist, you you rebuke the enemy. Get your mind on the answer and off of the problems and the circumstances. To do that, you have to get your mind on the word. And if I didn't tell you number four was guard your mind. Guard your mind. Guard your mind while standing in faith for your promise. Guard your mind while standing in faith for your promise. So we know we're going to pray the word, number one. Right? Number two, we're going to get specific. Right? Number three, we're going to believe we receive when we pray. And number four, we're going to guard our mind while standing in faith for our promise. You got to eradicate every image that doesn't line up with that promise he's provided for you. Be positive in your thinking. Guard against every evil thought that comes into your mind. You have to guard it. You have to govern it. You got to aggressively be determined to stand against anything that the works of the devil tries to bring to you. Listen, just shutting your eyes and believing he's going to go away won't work. you got to use your authority. you got to stand on the truth of God's word. got to believe his promises. What's the image that he showed you? Because your thoughts are governed by observation, by association, and by teaching. So, guys, it's closely associated with the last step, right? But you just got to guard it. That's why you should always stay away from places and people and things that do not support your affirmation to the promise that God has given you for your answer. 
The Bible tells us exactly what to do in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And see, again, here's the roadmap. This is how we handle it. This is how we do it, right? Because here is how you guard against the enemy with your mind. Now, I, I'm going to say, when I first memorized this, there's words in here. I'm going to tell you, underline it, circle it, highlight it, and we're going to get a little redundant. But there are words in here that can help you determine what am I, am I thinking on these things, okay? How to, if, I, if it's not one of these, in one of these categories, got to get rid of it, okay? It says in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, see that word true? I'm sorry, it's Philippians 4, 8, sorry. I was like, wait a minute, that's not the right word. Did I say Philippians? Okay, good, just making sure. Sorry back there. Philippians 4 and 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, you're going to circle it, underline it, highlight it. True, right? It's on my notes. They're big words. Uh, Whatsoever things are honest, circle it, underline it, highlight it, right? Whatsoever things are just, circle it, underline it, highlight it. So, so far we have things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just. Okay, so far only three. Let's keep going. Whatsoever things are pure, circle it, underline it, highlight it, whatever it is you got to do. Whatsoever things are lovely, circle it, highlight it, underline it. Right? Whatsoever things are of a good report, circle it, underline it, highlight it. If there be any virtue, any virtue. Circle it, underline it, highlight it. If there be any praise, circle it, underline it, highlight it. Think on these things. Guys, if it is, if the thought that's coming or the, the, the issue that's coming is not true, is not honest, is not just, is not pure, is not lovely, if it is not a good report, if it does not have any virtue, if there be any praise, guys, if there be any praise, think on these things. Guys, take that word and put it. What's that thought? Is it true? Is it holy? Is it just? Is it lovely? Is it a good report? That means if the doctor gives you a bad report, that's not the report you listen to. We believe the report of the Lord. His report says we are healed. His report says we are healed, right? Guys, that's so important to understand that when that report comes in, whatever that is, we speak the truth of God's word because we need it to be true and lovely and honest and of a good report and of praise and be virtuous. Because see, here's the thing. A lot of times it's so hard to get your mind according to the word because you're thinking on wrong things. You're already defeated in life because of wrong thinking. But if we take an opportunity to guard against every evil thought and think only on things that are going to affirm God's truth, you will be cooperating in faith with God. You will be able to guard your mind. You will be able to develop in faith. You will be able to stand your ground. And your faith will see you through to the victory that you need for answered prayer in your life. Guys, again, I'm going to tell you, it does take work. This is not easy. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you don't feel what, you, you feel different than what the word says. And that's okay if you do. But what I'm telling you is if you take authority and stand on the truth of God and stand on his promises, I guarantee you his word will work for you. 
I'm only telling you this because I've seen him do it. And he keeps on doing it. And he'll keep on doing it. The more you use his word, the better off it is. My fifth point, guys, probably my favorite. I told you I was going to say that a lot, didn't I? This is probably my favorite. <laughs> Wait, the next, there's a scripture on down that's probably my favorite. Okay, two of them. Dang it. Okay, all of them. <laughs> okay, listen, it says, your fifth point is let your thanksgiving and praise outweigh your petition. Are you thanking God? This is how we get results in prayer. Because many times we're over-praying and under-praising. Because we, we think, like I think sometimes in ourselves, it feels better to pray the same prayer over and over. Even though if we pray believing, we can just start praising. We can just start thanking God for the answer. We can just go, thank you, God. You provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. Thank you, God, that you give unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Rather than, dear God, please help me with my finance. No, thank God because he's already going to. You just got to remind him that he's working on that on the other side, right? You just remind him of that because God is so good and God is so faithful that he wants you focusing on praising him versus the problem. Because when you begin to praise him, all problems seem smaller, which we're going to give an example of in just a minute. I had to wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so look, it's, we have times when we can minister to the Lord, times when we can sit in his presence, times when we can praise him for all that God is. David praised God, it says in the word, in Psalms 119, 164, that David praised seven times a day. But we know our God is worthy of praise 24 hours a day, seven days a week, any time of day is a good time to give thanks and praise to God. Now we're going to look at a couple of scriptures that talk about dealing with thanksgiving, dealing with giving thanks, so that we can understand the vast importance of this subject in the life of the believer, because for every Christian, every day should be a day of giving thanks. Philippians 4, 6 says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Oh wait, I skipped something. Did you notice? Let's go back. I did that on purpose. Seems y'all paying attention. It says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. I'm going to tell you, underline this, circle it. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So effectively here, the apostle Paul is saying, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. So from a natural standpoint, um, have any of you ever gotten a casserole from somebody or somebody made something for you and it was super tasty? Yeah, me? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. So if you have, have you ever asked for that recipe after? I, I got your taco salad. I made it the other day. See? There's that recipe, right? Well, I'm telling you, so, so you ask for that recipe and you make it, right? So you're, you're cooking it, you're going through, and then you taste it. This doesn't taste like what they made. Anybody else had that problem? Then you go back and you're thinking, okay, what did I do? I'm going to use that. What? Okay, let me read this. Okay, I did that. Okay, I did that. Okay, I did that. Oh, I forgot an ingredient. 
That's what I missed. I forgot an ingredient. I think of that as thanksgiving. That's sometimes the ingredient that we're missing in our prayer is we're not praying with thanksgiving. That's that missing ingredient that we can add to our prayer life that's going to bring it full circle. Because when you pray with thanksgiving and you have a thankfulness in your heart and in your mouth, man, God, that's how God moves. That's how God operates. Because again, I love it because Sometimes people make a request to God and they, they pray and they supplicate and they beg God for favors, but they're leaving something out. They leave out thanksgiving and their prayers don't work that way. Let's look again. First, uh, Philippians 4 and 6. I'm going to look again. Be careful of nothing. Be careful for nothing. I love the Amplified of this. Can we pop up Amplified real quick? I'm sorry, I'm throwing Miss Ramona for a loop back there. You're doing a great job. Sorry, I didn't do this first service. The Amplified, I love the Amplified version of this. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Okay, so I have to remember this because I come from a long line of warriors. Okay, I do. Mom, if you're watching, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily your side. <laughs> She probably is watching. But I do. I come from a long line of warriors. I, I don't know why. I, 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 it's very, okay, it's okay. I don't have to be a warrior anymore. Okay? We don't have to because we got Jesus, right? We know. But I have to, I have to fight hard to not worry. Okay? I, I'm, I'm going to tell my son for a minute. Can I tell my son for a minute? Don't tell him I told you. But he's not doing really great in school. He's a smart kid. But he's struggling. So I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to hold him back. What am I going to do? i got to take him out. He's got to go to private school. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe homeschool. I don't know. You know, I'm like in my head, okay? Why is he, why is he struggling? What can I do? I'm doing an hour and a half every night. How can I? I'm like really worried. Like he's in fifth grade. He's going to go to middle school. <laughs> he's going to go to middle school. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I, so I'm, I'm really upset. And I'm like, and I found myself just like worrying, like worrying about it, right? And all of a sudden, one night I was thinking about him. As I was going to sleep, I was praying, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit was like, you got to get out of worry. Hmm. Well, like, nobody from the school was calling me back, right? I was freaking out. I'm about, about ready to go, like, staying in the lobby until someone will talk to me, right? I'm about to go full mama bear, like, why won't someone go? You know, so I, all of a sudden, uh, God was like, you got to get out of worry. I said, yes, sir. So I immediately started to pray in faith and start to speak God's word. God, I thank you that Ethan has the mind of Christ, that he can do all things. God, we thank you that you strengthen him, give him ability, give him, right? So I started speaking the word. Immediately, I felt better. And guess what? The next day they called me and we had an appointment. So see, God took care of it. Seriously, it was like the very next day. But we have to fight sometimes to get out of worry, to get out of fret, to get out of anxiety. Because again, we have to, we have to make sure, because we're not supposed to worry. We're not supposed to be fretful or anxious. We're, we can't be saying, what are we going to do? We, we have to say, it says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. How many, how many things? Are we, there it is, everything, in all things. Guys, that's little things. That's big things. That's middle-sized things. Everything in between. We're supposed to make all of our requests with thanksgiving. So if there's something in life, if there's a situation, if there's a circumstances that you are tempted to worry about, don't worry. 
You're supposed to pray with thanksgiving. You're supposed to pray and believe. And I think this is where I miss it a lot. So I'm not even going to say maybe we've missed it. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're great at it. And I'm so happy for you and I'm so glad. But regardless, some have already missed and they never obeyed that first part. They never let go of the fretting and anxiety. And that hinders what their prayers are going forward to do. But even if they obey that part, and they cast their cares and their anxieties to the Lord, they can still miss it if they're not mixing it with thanksgiving. You know, I feel like every time I preach, I, I talk about Acts chapter 16. And I, maybe it's like a close runner from one of my favorite chapters in Acts. Because this is the story of Paul and Silas when they get arrested, Right? I don't know why. I just love the story and feel like every time it comes right back to it. Because I can't think of worse circumstances than being in jail, shackled and beaten. Anybody else? I mean, literally, that's probably the worst situation that I can think of, right? The worst. Well, here's the beauty of the first New Testament church is they had built a daily life of praising God, right? Not just once in a while, but daily, a lot of times we just praise God when we need to or when things are looking good. No, get into a lifestyle of praise. Get into the habit of praise. Build that in your life because here's the thing. God wants you to do that. Now, I'm going to read this quote from Smith Wigglesworth because uh, how many, who's my morning people? Who are morning people? Like get up like, I'm singing in the room, you know. Oh, what a happy day. Oh, happy day. So my morning people, right? Some people wake up just ready to go, right? So Smith Wigglesworth, this convicted me, y'all. This, this like convicted me. This is what he says. He said, first thing every morning when I get out of bed, oh my gosh, so good. I jump out. That's a big mark. I don't just drag out, but I jump out. Jesus. And when my feet hit the floor, I say, praise the Lord. And I praise God every morning. Now, listen, usually midway through my cup of coffee, I'm thanking you, Jesus. First, this coffee is so good. Thank you, God, for my coffee. No, anyway. <laughs> but, man, that convicted me. Literally, like, I had a vision of him, like, okay, so uh, me, I have to, like, roll out of the bed, right, because... I'm like, oh, the alarm, snooze, right? Who are my snoozers? Don't, don't, don't look at my phone. I have like 500 alarms on my phone. I, it's it's got to be horrible for you. Like, why is it going off every two minutes? Like, that is so, just get up, right? So I think, man, I'm going to change. I'm going to change the way I do this. In the morning, I'll let you know. I'm going to jump out of bed, and I'm going to say, praise God, right? We're going to praise God. Here's the thing. What a great attitude to have, right? Because, again, when you have that attitude and you praise him, you can jump out of bed. Well, here's the beauty. That's a good way to start the day right? Paul and Silas, when they were thrown in jail in Philippi, it was only natural that they should sing and that they should give praises to God. Not only did the prisoners hear, him, hear them, but God heard them. How do we know God heard them? 
Come on, church. Suddenly, I love that word. Suddenly there was an earthquake that the, so big that the foundations of the prison shook and all the doors swung open and everyone's chains were loosed. Okay, first off, really? That is God, right? Because not only did the doors open, but their chains came off. Like, you know, I could see like, oh, well, the doors are open. No, God did it all because that's the God we serve. He's the God who handles it all, especially when you put praise in because everyone was loose. Deliverance came while they were praising. Deliverance can come for you while you're praising. There's so many people that have been praying and petitioning God to move on their behalf. And if they would just quit praying only, and start praising. Guys, prayer is important, but if you start praising, God would give you so much that you couldn't even carry it. God would give you so much overflow because that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God of abundance, not a God of minuscule. We serve such a mighty God that it is his desire to give you every desire of your heart. But are you praying the word? Are you specific? Are you believing you receive when you pray? Are you guarding your mind to believe that promise to come to pass? And is your praise outweighing your petition? See, God's mighty power and his manifestations can work for you in your life every day. Because guys, life can be challenging. Life can be hard. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. But how many of you know that God's word is truth? God's word is real. God's word is sure. The devil doesn't want you to be blessed or successful in your endeavors. So in order for you to face those inevitable attacks that come, they may, they may, maybe they're coming for your marriage. Maybe they're coming for your finances, your body, your career. I don't know. But once you realize the importance of praying, and once you realize the importance of having prayer in your life, it's indispensable. You cannot succeed as a believer without an active and effective prayer life. You don't have to walk around discouraged anymore. To see, to see those answers, to see those results for your prayers, you just decide what you need from God. Find that scripture for what you need. Ask God for those things. And when you pray, believe that you receive them. Maybe you do have to go home and make a prayer board so that you can see them. Then let every thought affirm that promise. Let every thought affirm what you're believing him for and guard your mind against every evil thought using that same word that you dug up, right? Faithfully, then make sure you add in that extra ingredient of thanksgiving into your prayers. Add that in. Make sure that praise outweighs your petition. And I guarantee that if you faithfully follow those steps, you're going to start seeing the results you need for your life. Because God is good. And God wants you to know how to do that. And I'm so thankful he provided for us solutions in his word that we can live on and act on and stand on. I'm so thankful for that. So let's go ahead and pray this morning. Father, I thank you for every believer that's in this place. 
I thank you, God, that we're going to see some amazing results to answer prayers in the lives of every person who's in this place. Thank you, God, that you're the God of abundance. Thank you that you're the God of greater than. Thank you, God, that you're the God of more than enough. Thank you, God, that every need they have is provided according to your riches and glory. We thank you for your presence in their life. Thank you for your power working in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you guys would for me, thank you, thank you. If you would just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity for you to know Jesus. Man, what a great relationship. If you're here today and you want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, or if you're watching online, God's calling you home. You want to ask him into your heart. If you'll just lift your hand for me, we're going to pray together corporately. I'm not going to make you come down here or anything. But if that's you today and you want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you'll just wave your hand at me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you, God, that you come into my heart Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Thank you, Lord, that I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm so happy you prayed that prayer today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.